when you have people coming into your training, are they naturally happy? Do you, is there a common denominator or a common theme as to what creates a negative environment within a company? Mm -hmm. I think the business environment or the, the work environment is so essential for people to grow and to flourish. Mm. I, I, it's like, I imagine the environment is like the soil uh, that you're planting uh, seeds in and your people are the seeds. So if you are putting great seeds in a, in a toxic environment, that seed will die. It will never grow. But if you put seeds in a great environment, uh, you know, it will grow. And uh, I think that is very important for people to stay. Um, I, I was reading a, a book and it said 70% of people who resign, they're not leaving the company. They're usually leaving the line manager and the line manager makes or breaks the environment that you're in. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to the Mo Show podcast. We have Mr. Hisham Dabakh. Kefa Kisham. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, I'll give the viewers a little bit of a background on uh, on what it is you do. Uh, so you're the managing partner at Al Adil International. They were formerly Crescom, and Crescom is a training center that provides interactive leadership development programs to achieve sustained behavior change in managers. Um, Al Adil, which was yes formerly affiliated with Crescom, they work with small medium and even fortune 500 companies i want to know more about that mm. uh, over the last 30 years they worked with over a million executives in 60 countries helping them develop new leadership skills i love it i want to hear all about it hey i might even sign up on a personal <laughs> basis <laughs> what can one expect from a training program uh, at al adil international Thank you for asking. Uh, so at Adel International, we're focused on developing mid-level managers to be the future leaders. And our program is not about sharing knowledge per se, it's about how we improve performance. Uh, so we look at how what you learn and how you apply the learning in the workplace. Uh, our engagement is typically a one-year engagement, 10 months to be exact. And uh, what we do is we look at what happens after the training, which is more important than the training itself, how you take back the learning and apply it uh, within your workplace or within your life. How do you ensure that employees in companies manage to execute on what they've learned uh, at your training facility? So historically, training and development has been more of a reward. If I want to reward Mo, I'll send him on a course, travel, uh, and learn a few things. But the question is, how much do you learn, you apply in the workplace? And we managed to make that uh, more structured by actually asking each participant to write up an action plan, specific action plan as to what they learned and how they're going to apply what they learned in the workplace. Part of the 10-month engagement, we go through coaching sessions throughout the journey to ensure what you learn gets applied within the workplace to the degree, Mo, that we made it mandatory for a person to successfully graduate and get the certificate. They need to prove that they've applied 10 implementations 
And these implementations have to be validated by their line managers and their organization. So that makes it, um, this is where the rubber hits the road, as they say. Um, just, just again, I mean, it's really refreshing because normally training programs end the moment, you know, that you complete the training course. Uh, but what's, what's honestly ref refreshing, and I, and I want to underscore that, um, is that the training program in your facility isn't over when the training is over. It is over when you have executed your learnings. It's genius. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very, very nice to hear because it's different. Thank you. Um, execution, name of the game. You know, you always hear that. Right. So 10,000 graduates have come through your doors in your facility in Saudi Arabia. Correct. And we operate between Jeddah, Riyadh, and the Eastern Province. We have, uh, you know, a variety of participants from diverse group of uh, the society. Uh, uh, we have men, women, uh, executives, and mid-level managers mostly who attend our program. We help transform. Our mission is to help transform managers to become leaders. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do throughout the journey. It's, a, it's really a journey of one year that they take uh, over the course of the course. Mm -hmm. How many years have you guys been operating in Saudi Arabia? This is our 12th year, okay. alhamdulillah. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> that's great numbers, 10,000 graduates yeah. in 12 years. Um, that's just shy of like 1,000 graduates a year, if my math isn't wrong. Um, seem to be popular. Has it gained in popularity? Obviously, with the years, um, more companies recognizing you and, and probably hearing in a word of mouth from other companies that, hey, you know, this is Al Adil International that do a very good job. Absolutely. Our marketing strategy is word, word of mouth. So we, yeah, we post things on social media, but we go, you know, we grow by the word of mouth and referrals that we get from our existing clients. Mm -hmm. And we, we used to, 12 years ago, we were operating in one city with few family businesses, but slowly we grew to two cities. Now we actually do it, not only the three major cities, but we do it in Yambu and Medina okay. and other cities as well. Uh, we spoke uh, a few days on the phone and you, you told me that uh, one of the areas that you guys are also uh, affiliated in is, is, is an expense reduction and, and cost optimization solutions. Uh, what role do you guys play on that subject at uh, Al Adil? So this is an, uh, one of the newest business lines that we acquired. It's also a franchise out of the UK and they're specialized in business optimization. We look at processes and we see how we can improve these processes or we look at procurement solutions. Um, with the COVID hitting a lot of companies, a lot of organizations were hurting mm. and we're trying to help optimizations become more lean, not necessarily in staff reduction, but more in process improvement. And Alhamdulillah, this business is growing uh, very fast the past couple of years. How did COVID affect you guys? Were people coming in less for, for, for training? Did you guys feel the hit of COVID? For some organizations, they had to shut down all training, but we some um, many of other organizations that we work with, we shifted to virtual uh, learning. All right. Uh, we were actually one of the first organizations within Crestcom International to go virtual. I remember the first session we did virtual was in March. And year to date, or since last year, we did over 200 virtual sessions. Wow, that's Alhamdulillah. Amazing. Yeah. It, it, just within Saudi's borders? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, so, you know, from what we've been through recently, or the world has been through, there has been, uh, like, let's say, disagreements on whether companies should either hold on to their marketing budgets 
or work it into the market uh, at a hope of it coming back multiples. Where do you stand on what the best route to uh, profits would be uh, at a time of uncertainty? You know, hold your budgets uh, until things become clear or, or, or work and try to gain an edge, if not some market share. What I stand in is, is, is looking at your innovation. You know, COVID has accelerated uh, a lot of companies uh, to become more innovative, to, to fit the new needs of people. Uh, and I think uh, having an internal look for organizations and where do they spend money, uh, looking at how we can innovate our products to fit today's needs and tomorrow's needs as well is something that I always like to focus on. Mm -hmm. And that's this is what we've done as a company, uh, looking in internally and seeing what can we do to improve uh, and meet our clients' needs during these uh, hard times. Mm -hmm. You said that you um, were at Unilever and you had a public speaking role there? Not a public speaking role per se, but I, I was handed training uh, you know, courses that I needed to deliver throughout the, uh, you know, my career as a supply chain manager. Because you have uh, great public speaking skills. Really? Okay. Uh, honestly, you. and you have a great voice for a podcast. <laughs> Are you trying to convince me? <laughs> I, I think maybe you should one day look into starting your own. <laughs> you have a fantastic voice, honestly. It's better than mine. Uh, Hisham, who do you look up to for inspiration uh, or mentorships? Mm. Is there someone out there where you, or someone out there who you, you know, refer to time and time again to seek advice or or help? Absolutely. I look. Uh, I always look up to my dad. My father has been through a lot as a as a as a businessman and uh you know every weekend i sit down and i get some mentor you know ship from him on things that we go through in our organization do they have it easier in their time growing up or do we have it easier Bear in mind there was no internet back when he was uh you know in his yeah. working early working years we, we, there's a lot of conveniences that we have but some conveniences complicates things you know <laughs> and uh, it, back then it used to be uh well, he was a former Aramco, so it was seven to four. After four o'clock, no emails, no phone calls, nothing. nothing. For us, it's a twenty-four-seven. It is, you know. So that's the reality. Which is of, constantly, yeah. you know, reachable. Yeah, which is a problem. That's right. Especially if you have one phone. I have one phone. <laughs> You know, uh, which which uh, I'm looking into getting a second phone so that when the work day is done, that phone goes off. You know, you you got to find ways to stay sane in, right. in, the, in in the current times. Um, how important is it for a company to create a positive or a happy environment? Like when you have people coming in to your training, uh, are they naturally happy? Um, do you is there a common denominator or a common theme as to what creates a negative environment within a company? Mm -hmm. I think the business environment or the the work environment is so essential for people to grow and to flourish. Mm -hmm. I, I it's like I imagine the environment is like the soil uh, that you're planting uh, seeds in, and your people are the seeds. So if you are putting great seeds in a, in a toxic environment, that seed will die. It will never grow. But if you put seeds in a great environment uh you know it will grow and uh, i think that is very important for people to stay um i i was reading a, a book and it said 70 percent of people who resign they're not leaving the company they're usually leaving the line manager 
and the line manager makes or breaks the environment that you're in. Um, so absolutely. Um, if I may say a story about that, please. Uh, one of the things that we gave, um, uh, there's a family business we worked with here in uh, Jeddah, and the CEO said, "I want to create a, a business environment where people are, um, you know, trust one another." And I said, "Let's do something called coffee with the CEO, uh, where you sit ever you sit down with everyone in your organization." At, once a day for 15 minutes over a cup of coffee. Um, and he had about 100 people in the company. So by the end of the year, he would have met everyone once or twice or three times. Um, one day he was sitting down with a, um, a, a secretary. You know, he's been working there for 10 years. As he was having coffee with him, he discovered that the guy had a CPA. And he asked him, you, had a C you have a CPA, you're a accredited accountant. Why are you working as a, you know, uh, secretary he said well when I came to Saudi that was a job that's available and you know I, I tried to apply for accounting never worked so he asked HR to examine him to look at his credential and he was very good with numbers so later on a few months few months down the road they moved him to accounting and then instead of being an average secretary he's actually above average as an accountant. So he was actually moved to an area that he's passionate about. And this is what great managers do, realizing how what people are passionate about and putting them there. Um, an example is myself. I mean, I, I'm an engineer. I worked in manufacturing. A manager discovered that, hey, I'm, I'm good at talking, so let's put him in training. And, and that's how I, I moved and developed this company. I'm sure you had similar experiences as well. I, I did. I, I was moved to sales once, and um, and I was a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't something that I was capable doing as capable as I am as a marketeer, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Who helped? Who helped you move to uh, marketing? Um, my manager at the time okay. uh, saw that uh, I had an eye for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we had some conversations, and just that shift. I feel helped me work with passion mm. on 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 subject matters, mm. and and there's horses for courses. Right. What what you are very good at, someone else will be not so good at, and right. and vice versa. It's funny. I actually said this in the last episode uh, with uh, Madiha, psychotherapist. Yeah. I I said that I believe that God created everyone with something that they are amazing in. Mm. And if you haven't found something you're amazing in, you haven't found it yet, yeah. it's not that you don't have it. That's right. Keep searching. Yeah. Everyone has amazing. I believe God is fair. I believe in that. And um, and what you know, what 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 you're not good at, you can be okay with that because eventually, I think that if you keep trying to find out what you're good in, you you'll land on it eventually. Absolutely. And you know, there are many assessments that help people discover. What are they good at? Uh, strength finder, for example, psychometric assessments that people take, and basically they find what are they good at. And uh, is it online, like a website, or uh, there are several websites. Okay. yeah, that, that people can take. Yeah, um, that's no, but I mean that's that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, you know, that that'll tell you a lot about yourself. I think one of the problems that people suffer suffer from is not knowing their capabilities, not knowing themselves well enough. Right. Because when you know yourself well enough, you are experienced. And when you're experienced, you know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, who like when I was 21, I didn't know myself. When I was 25, I didn't know myself at all. At 37, 38, oops, I just turned 38 <laughs> 10 days ago. Uh, I feel like I know myself. Mm. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. That's right. And um, God, if you know, if, if there are uh, programs out there that will help you find out more about yourself, then please send send it my way, and I'll, absolutely, I'll be the first to apply and share it with those uh, who are who are listening to us. It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Um, I also, on the subject of leadership and 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 managers, um, how does a leader keep his team motivated, especially during times of conflict uh, or? difficulties or challenges i mean what was more challenging than covid hopefully we'll never have to find out <laughs> how do you keep your team united and together and ready to go to battle for you i think uh making sure that we recognize people for what they do uh, uh, reward them and thank them for a, a job well done and also being there to coach and mentor them you know, I always remember the quote, if you give a person a fish, you feed them for a day, but teach them how to fish, you feed them for their entire life. So taking, you know, that metaphor of teaching people how to fish is what a manager should do. Because if they're successful, you'll be successful as a manager and vice versa. So that's what I think uh, is important. And this is what really distinguishes managers from leaders. You know, managers look at the work and leaders look at the work in the context of people. Mm -hmm. you know. What's lacking in leaders in Saudi today? I think communication. Communication is a big uh, gap that we see. And a lot of managers think communication is about speaking. Communication is also about listening and understanding. Uh, so I think that's something that we look into our program. As we did surveys uh, with clients, uh, within the kingdom, communication always comes as a top hot area to uh, as a gap. Is that a global issue, weak communication, or is it an issue that we suffer from in the Middle East? Good question. I don't know the answer for that. Uh, but while I was in the States, I worked uh, five years in the States, and I, I also saw similar issues, you know, uh, Communication is, is, is a common issue that we see not only in business, but in personal life between a, a husband and wife. Sometimes what goes in between is that misunderstanding, miscommunication. Uh, and I think this is something that uh, we are trying to help organizations resolve. Mm -hmm. Communication is everything. I asked uh, my aunt who was on the show, episode 22, mm. Sultana. Great episode. She, um, she founded Jishjid, the Institute for Hearing and Speech. Uh, some 30 years ago and um, back then there wasn't such a facility and, and now you know anyone who has a child uh, or even grown-ups who have issues with speaking or are hearing impaired they go to Jish and it's world-class service I heard about yeah, them much, yeah they yeah. really are amazing in what they do she found her amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I asked her when I was about to get married mm -hmm. I was like what um makes a successful marriage in, in in your point of view and I asked her as you know someone who's been married for 40 years mashallah. mashallah and she said one word which is what you just mm. touched on now communication it's everything it uh, the marriage will 
survive or die based on how good of a communicator you are, whether you communicate to your significant other or not. Uh, some days I wish I, I, I practice her advice more. Um, and and some, days I, some days I do. And I'll tell you one thing, my life is a lot better. My wife's life is a lot better when we are communicating with one with one another. Um, it's everything. That's and you can right. apply it to anything, you know, your, your marriage, your relationship with your boss, Absolutely. with your son. It doesn't stop anywhere, does it? Absolutely. You know, you think about it in business. If we don't communicate well with employees, we could lose an employee. If we don't communicate with the customers, we could lose a customer. And if we don't communicate with suppliers, we could have a huge issue with a supplier. So in business, communication is the number one competencies, a competency that leaders need. Totally. I'm sure you get uh, some youngsters coming through the ranks and you are a father yes. too. Mashallah. So your eyes on the youth and uh, you know what the future holds for them. Is there anything that you see or would suggest or would like to advise the youth to focus on in their quest to entering the workforce? You know, getting work experience uh, soon sooner rather than later, uh, I think is important because education is important, but work experience is also important. Uh, so I remember when I was young, uh, you know, going through college, I would take summers where I work uh, in businesses and gain experiences. Uh, how This is how I build, you build your CVs. And not only that, but you find what you're good at. You know, you won't be able to discover what you're good at until you try things out. And I think getting uh, youngsters to try different things at a younger age so that they could discover what are they good at, what are they passionate about, I think is important. Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. Also, being able to work in teams and work with people mm. uh, and uh, widening your comfort zone. You know? That's right. And not saying no to, not using the word no. You know, any job, any task, especially for a youngster, just say yes to everything. And then eventually you'll know what you like uh, versus what you don't like. That's right. Uh, I really do like that advice. Mm -hmm. Do you see um, the business landscape changing at all uh, in uh, not necessarily in Saudi, but, uh, but but globally, any disruption, any changes, any anticipation of you know, something different looming over the next five to 10 years as far as industries are concerned? Well, the digital revolution is happening and we can see crazy. jobs that are were there yesterday, now they're you know, redundant, you know. Uh, you know, technology is changing the face of the earth and it's, it's gonna change businesses. So, um, and I think that's why when I say innovation is important for companies to think about what are what's the next step for them because what could be effective today tomorrow will be obsolete and i think uh, covid if uh, i've seen covid accelerate that innovation truly, truly um you know to the degree that some companies have adjusted they don't need the office space as they do before they discovered people can work from home yeah. just as effective it's, it's uh, totally. I think there were five delivery apps in Saudi Arabia before COVID, and now it's like 15. <laughs> you know, it's just the whole digital transformation has just been in, in the blink of an eye. Huh? That's right. It's, it's unbelievable. As far as the education landscape, mm. um, I believe 
kids under the age of 12 are still from home. They're getting homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Do you see the education landscape changing? Because I, I, I feel that now everyone in the world has access to information and education. You can learn anything you, can learn anything you want on YouTube. That's right. I learned the ins and outs of podcasting from YouTube. Mm-hmm. So 10 years ago, that wasn't available. And five years ago, smartphones weren't so available in third world countries. Do you expect now with the internet and the information that is available on it and smartphones in the hands of way more people than ever before, that there is more of an equal playing field for people who do have access to education? And can that change what the future holds? As you said, you know, information is now available, you know. I think the role of education is how can we use that information to uh, benefit the societies and communities that we work with in. Um, I think that's the role of education that should come in. And I'm actually going through a, you know, a program where I'm studying about education as a doctorate degree, and I'm learning a lot through that program as to what is coming uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot is certainly changing. Um, you did a few years in the States. You said five years, yeah? Boston and Houston. Uh, I was born in Boston, but I lived um, in Los Angeles and Chicago for work. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh, people go there with, to study. I finished my studies and went back to work because my parents migrated to the States. And I so I moved, back, I moved to the States and I worked in Unilever in North America okay. between Los Angeles and Chicago. It was a beautiful learning experience for me. I can imagine. Yeah, I learned so much in that small little time. Yeah. So then what, what made you want to move back to Saudi? Well, I got uh, a call from Unilever Saudi Arabia okay. and they knew I was there and worked, I've worked five years. They offered me a promotion. Uh, so I, I moved from Chicago, Chicago to the industrial city of Sanaia. A big move. My goodness. <laughs> I'm sure it made you forget about Chicago uh, you know, from day one. <laughs> I was, my office was on Lake Michigan uh, and my home was a walking distance on Lakeshore Drive mm-hmm. overlooking Lake Michigan. Oh, wow. And, and then I went to Sinai and um, it was looking, overlooking something else. Yeah, at least the weather was the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is quite, a, yeah, um, that is quite a difference. <laughs> You know, but but honestly, if you think, if you ask me, do I, if I go back, do I change anything? I would do it the same exact way. Because really? I wouldn't be here today talking to you if I didn't go through that experience. You know, learning what, you know, how management and leadership is done and, and how we can improve the gaps that we have here is so important for me. Um, so, and I, when I, when I saw the need, you know, I decided Instead of complaining about how things are, let me do something about it. Mm-hmm. If I left Unilever, I finished my master's, and I brought a learning and development company that helped leaders be- managers become leaders. Yeah. Um, historically, as I've seen here, uh, managers become leaders based on wasta mm-hmm. or based on uh, seniority. Well, you've been the, the eldest, uh, the most senior in the company. So maybe they're technically competent, but do they have the management and leadership skills? You know, being a great engineer doesn't equal being a great manager. So that's something that I, I, I found interesting, and I uh, that's how I moved 
from engineering to management leadership. You probably never thought in your wildest dreams that studying engineering will eventually one day take you to, to Unilever. No. <laughs> it's funny how the world yeah. works. Yeah. And uh, you actually, one of the things that I did want to ask you was, would, would, would you change anything about uh, your past uh, business-wise, the route to, that you took to get to where you are? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's good to hear that uh, you wouldn't. I wouldn't, honestly. I think every uh, point in my life uh, was important. Uh, maybe at the time, I didn't realize how important it is. But looking back, I think that was uh, needed at the time so I can learn from it. Mm -hmm. you know? I'm trying to watch a lot less TV mm -hmm. these days, a lot less Apple TV and Netflix. And I... It's something, it's a message that I want to also send out to people to almost cap or limit how many days a week you do watch. Mm -hmm. I can easily go seven days a week, every day at dinner, where, you know, I'm watching something. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to incorporate reading days once a week, you know, where I literally do a couple of hours of reading, which is nothing. Once a week is a joke. Like I'm even embarrassed to say that. That's a bit too much information on me. My question is, uh, <laughs> what books uh, out there uh, that have changed your the way you see things or ones that you would recommend to us? Yeah. So I, I like nonfiction books. Uh, that's what I go to. And uh, the, uh, the three books that I, I feel in business are very important, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, mm. I think uh, is one of the greatest books uh, yes. there in management. Um, if, if for a person who's going into management, I think uh, the One Minute Manager uh, is an important book. Uh, and then if a person is a, at a fork in his life and want to make a change, uh, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah, I read that one. It's a great book. Short book. It's actually Short, on the shelf. There. Yeah, so yeah. it's one of the great books. Yeah. So depending on what you're looking for, I think these are some of the three books that I always go to, yeah. you know. I wanted to ask you um, a question earlier, and I just remembered. We're seeing the size of companies, you know, regress mm -hmm. with time, uh, merging of jobs or automation or whatever. Does that is that a cause to be concerned? You know, as far as unemployment is concerned, you know, we're seeing corporations get smaller mm -hmm. and smaller and smaller. Like, for example, companies that would make you know, a, a, a billion dollars in, in revenue would have, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees. I'm thinking of the automakers, et cetera. Mm. And, uh, you know, now you have social media companies that, that make close to that with a fraction of the number of employees, mm. especially now in the digital age. Is that an area to be concerned for future? Is, cor is the corporation getting smaller? The way I'm seeing it, uh, you know, back 20 years ago when I started my career, you know, the, the image that you have is you work for either a government agency or uh, a big conglomerate and you would work there the entire life until you retire. retire. This is no longer the case. Uh, uh, and smaller businesses are coming up right now. And I think this is a great time for people to think uh, as an entrepreneur and begin of their businesses. Work experience is important, but I think about five years in corporate life uh, for a person to get the work experience that they need and then start their own venture. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how economies are built. I mean, if you look at the US economy, 
uh, it's built on uh, small and medium-sized businesses Correct. family owned family owned yeah. businesses so i think this is what the country needs at the time at this time well they have a problem they're speaking of family owned businesses because amazon is eating them up that's right it's a, it's a big big problem yeah now and 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 honestly i'm 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 not helping that problem because mm -hmm. when I want something, I, I, I go to Amazon. I mean, it's convenience and convenience sells. Convenience is profitable. If you offer a solution that is convenient, you will do very well. And that's what Amazon offers oh. at the expense of the mom and pop shop on the high street. How can they be, instead of brick and mortar, they can be suppliers to Amazon. Correct. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, you see the wave, you ride the wave, you know, and if you fight the wave, you're not going to go anywhere. So sometimes you need to ride the, that wave. Well, I'll tell you something mm. that I've heard Amazon does recently that I was like a little shocked mm. to hear. So if a product is doing well, like very well, they would make their own mm. and almost make that product that people were buying before they made their own invisible. Mm. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's dirty. <laughs> yeah. But this is public knowledge. I heard yeah. of it on another podcast. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, yeah, I wish that wouldn't happen. It's not fair for the person with the idea and the innovation. That's right. It's a bit barbaric, I feel. Yeah, that's right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is the world we live in. You know, yeah. everyone flocks to e-commerce. Yeah. And uh, if you can go to a place that's a one-stop shop, it is Amazon. There isn't one that can rival it. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's what it is. In Saudi, uh, over the next five to 10 years, what changes do you anticipate you see our government investing in every mm -hmm. one of the 13 regions as far as tourism is concerned? Mm. Um, besides tourism, obviously, that's going to be something that we are entering and quite, you know, aggressively. Are there any other industries that you see uh, would come to prominence in the next five years or so? So as a company, as a country is growing, you know, and we're bringing tourists Obviously, we want to have the services that support these uh, tourists. Uh, I think uh, the restaurant business is going to grow as this grows, and we're seeing it, mashallah, booming. booming. Uh, other uh, sort of businesses in that area that can help, uh, which is entertainment is mm -hmm. another area that yeah. people could look at because we're starting from zero, mm -hmm. right? And uh, just looking our, around to our neighbors and other countries, entertainment is is really booming in, in these areas well hisham thanks so much for uh, for coming through coming here sharing your stories about the world of leaders and, and and management it's uh it's tough because you know if it wasn't tough everyone would be a great manager and every company would excel uh, and and that's a testament to why it's important to have people like you in uh, in the position that you are in you know your company your team because I don't think there's any company that has it all figured out. I don't think there's a manager that has it all figured out. And there's definitely no employee like me that has it all figured out. Uh, so we appreciate the good that you do. And I would, can I come in, pay, pay a visit, see your sure. establishment? It would be my pleasure, honestly, uh, to welcome you to our center. Uh, it's right in uh, Zahra, not okay. too far from here. Amazing. We'll love to have you one yeah, day. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, we'll put a bunch of your, your links, your website, uh, social media links uh, for people to reach out to you uh, and, and perhaps, you know, come in for a visit. Maybe they want to book a training session for their employees. We'll put all that in the YouTube description box. And, um, and I certainly do look forward to coming and, uh, and visiting you there. Inshallah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Hisham. Thank all you. the best. Thank you.